Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80. Download the podcast. We are coming to you live from the seaport at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Like music like this always reminds me of like Sandro Pay, something like one of those scenes you're just bouncing. Mm. Never been. I would say I would say Mykonos. Mykonos. Ooh. Yes, man. Yeah. Great time. Dope place in Mykonos called Scorpios. You gotta check it out. That's exactly where I hear music like this at. Scorpios. You've been? Yes, I've been there. What? Yes. Let me find out about you. That outdoor party. I like it. The only thing about it that was weird though was like. You've seen people like dressing up in costumes. I'm like, why do they have on like costumes? <laughs> like, well, also at Scorpios, though, you would see like all these massive yachts and these people taking these really big boats into. I'm like, wait, that's your second boat? It, it, oh, unbelievable. Your second boat attached to. Wow. And what was the, what's the other one? Um, Nikki Beach? Nikki Beach, yeah. yeah. Nikki Beach, too, yeah. Uh, two athletes I get, talking I get about a, the Mediterranean. I get around a little bit, Jay. I get around a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, I see you, Harry. I see you. <laughs> Just got back from Columbia, you know, had a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but the Jersey Shore. That's to Jersey Shore. <laughs> From the beaches of Mykonos to the Jersey Shore. By the way, I'm still to not, Seaside I'm, Heights. I'm still uh, not done with our Nicolas Cage conversation. Okay. We're going to get into that, too. All right. Leave that because you guys were getting on me before about never having seen Con Air. I haven't seen any of the bad Nicolas Cage movies, apparently. No, and also, but some then, people have chimed into the show and said that at times you look like Nicolas yes, Cage. Yes, that's true. When he looked on the a good day, he looks similar. like Listen, but New, the point. Noses are similar. Well, that might be true, too. <laughs> but I, it occurred to me after we talked about him. You guys are giving me stuff for not seeing Con Air. I'll keep by far clearly his three best movies. I'll bet you you haven't seen two of them. But you can't two say, of those three best that he's done. He's only you, done three good movies but, as far as I know. But you can't say that here are his three best movies when you haven't seen all of his <laughs> trust movies. Trust me. <laughs> trust me. I just diced you up so quick. No, no. Trust me. Just, sa, sa, sa. As soon as you see, yeah. when, when you get to a certain level of intelligence, Jay, you get certain signals already. You could size it up. You could dismiss it immediately. That's how I go through life, missing out on experiences <laughs> by being too judgmental. His three best movies are Peggy Sue Got Married, directed by Coppola, Francis Coppola. Jeez, I know I didn't see that. Uh, Raising Arizona, directed by the Coen brothers. And then Face Off, directed by John Woo. Because an actor doesn't, it could be the greatest actor in the world, depends on who the writer and the director is. That's the whole shooting match. Face Off, I, I give you that one. Yeah, Raising Arizona and, and, the and, and Peggy Sue Got Married, two best movies. I been. haven't seen those yeah, two that's at right. all. That's right. And you guys haven't seen that. So I don't want to hear about not seeing Con Air. At, ja- at Jazz Johnson 10 says Nicolas Cage is a far better actor than Keanu and showcased it in Face Off and Leaving Las Vegas. I don't know how Maybe whether or not that. he's a better actor, how good an actor you are is almost irrelevant. It's what projects are you in? Do you, are you in the kind of stuff you want, that people want well, to see? Hold on, Matt. That's, that's, that's not is irrelevant. irrelevant. Well, <laughs> that Keanu, here, I, give you, I give you Keanu Reeves, right? Like, but Keanu Reeves movie's probably going to be pretty good. Is he the best actor you've ever seen? Oh, it's Matrix. Uh, you know. I mean, Matrix is like, boom. All right. We've had another day to digest the Kyler contract news, guys. Did he make the right choice by signing that contract? Uh, Harry, I know just now you're like, uh, maybe they were desperate enough where he could have gotten more. Yeah, I, I, I will say no, because when you look at the Arizona Cardinals and you look at what this team was before Kyler Murray got there. Now, granted, I'll say this before I'm about to make my statement. Am I happy about the stipulations that, is, that, that were put into his contract? No, because obviously it had to be something on Kyler Murray's side to make them want to do that. And I also think it's an embarrassment for not just him, but also the team. Now, in saying that, the Arizona Cardinals are in desperate need. Desperate need of what? 
a franchise quarterback. You can't find those guys anywhere. I won't say anywhere. It's just, it's just hard to come by. You look Apparently at they Burrow. still are. That's the problem. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they're 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 hard to come by. So when you have one, you 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 want to you want to keep them, and you'd basically do anything to keep that guy in your organization. They gave this man two hundred and thirty and a half million dollars, one hundred and sixty guaranteed, knowing that they had to put stipulations in there. And if I'm Kyler Murray and I'm his camp, I'm looking at that. I'm saying, you know what? No, I'm not signing it. Because you are showing me how desperate you are. You are showing me that you do need me. And when we look at the numbers over over the last two years and before Kyler Murray got there, yes, he is everything that they want to do moving forward. And he is that franchise quarterback. So, no, I wouldn't have signed it. I would have told him, no, take that out of the contract. Otherwise, I don't want it. I'm just going to go one layer deeper because I'm, I'm kind of with you on that, Harry. But as a fan of the NFL and as – a person that's heard a lot of stereotypes with black and brown quarterbacks. One of the things I hate about what happened yesterday, and and Max said it off air, and I knew the conversation was going to happen because automatically people are going to, you know, race bait and 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 do things of that sort around these type of conversations. But there, it, it kind of revealed something to me. It made me aware of it again. Is that the amount of pressure and weight that is on black and brown quarterbacks to move away from these type of stereotypes that then when you see these stipulations in a contract for Kyler Murray, that we've had so many conversations about trying to move away from that. It bothers me because it just continues to perpetuate it. And it's a different weight that I feel like black and brown quarterbacks have to carry because your margin for error is zero. Zero, nilch, right? Because then people start talking about that. And then you hear the other side of the fence, oh, here we go, black quarterbacks, and tell me it's going to be a race thing. And I'm like, no. So it it just, it so bothers me. And it's unfair. It's not fair that that kind of pressure is on Kyler Murray. But naturally, as a quarterback who is black or brown, you, you inherently have it. Yeah. You inherently have it. You're, you're, repre- you're representing a group rather than just yourself, right? A white quarterback doesn't have to worry, about, have to worry about representing a group. All. He has to worry about playing football. But there's an additional weight because I don't know that it's race baiting to discuss it. It's interesting because you think how much of this is perpetuated by the media, people like us in the media who discuss it and bring it up. And on the other hand, it's a fact of American life because of the original sin of our country. And so we are not post-racial and this exists. Harry, when people criticize, for example, okay, Kyler Murray is one thing. Clearly the team has ish, has and by the way, not just his team, his teammates, including African-American teammates, yes. right? One of whom was on this program, were critical of his leadership and maturity, right? That exists for Kyler Murray. But then there's someone like Lamar Jackson, yeah. who even though he represents all the values you want to see in a quarterback, also is... Um, who he is. He's authentically who he is and is a, a, you know, he's identifiable, the area of the country he's from, his race, etc., from the way he talks, right? The way you can hear it, you can see it in, on him. It's, it's very, he's identifiable as a member of the group. And therefore, criticism of him, especially as it relates to stereotypes of black quarterbacks and athletes generally, I think a lot of people, especially African-Americans and those who are sensitive to issues where African-Americans are treated unfairly and stereotyped, 
people are, are, are almost hesitant at times to uh, engage in that conversation or they don't want to go there with the criticism. What am I talking about? Lamar Jackson is fast. His legs are his number one weapon. He certainly can sling it, Mm -hmm. but he has yet to show, probably because he got unlucky this year and got hurt. He's been remarkably durable until now. But as a result, has yet to have a full season where he's beating teams in the playoffs and making a deep run from the pocket. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, and I think some people are hesitant to bring up that criticism and others are hesitant to hear it because of what I mentioned, how identifiable he is with a group, how, they, how that group has been stereotyped. And, but the fact is that some of that stuff is true about Lamar Jackson, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, and it's a fine line because I'm not going to lie, I get upset at my race and our, and our people, Jay, uh, black people, because it's like we can't even criticize Lamar Jackson without people feeling some type of way. And I understand why they feel that way. And that's another reason why I get upset at a guy like Kyler Murray for not doing what he's supposed to do and also signing that deal with those stipulations in it because it goes far beyond him. It goes far beyond him. Lamar Jackson is coming up. His deal is coming up next. You don't leave the door open for things like this to continue to happen. That's why you don't sign deals like that. That's why you tell the Arizona Cardinals, you know what? No, I'm not accepting that. Take it out or I'm, or I'm good. The Arizona Cardinals need you. Trust me, they need you. Yeah. But, I mean, but when you look at a guy like Lamar, though, like I get upset with when people get mad. How can you talk about your, your guy? Like, listen, I love Lamar. I love him. He's my Louisville alum. But there are areas that he has to get better in. And I want people to stop saying because – a black person says this about Lamar, says that about Lamar, that you're showing up your race or you're not sticking with your own. It's also it's, it's like it's, further complicated. It's, crazy to me. it's further complicated. Warren Moon, who's a great quarterback, Hall of Famer, said all these, couldn't even get a job in the NFL as a quarterback because he was black, right? And therefore, you have to play receiver. Get out of here with that. Went, had to leave the league and come back. So, of course, there's going to be a sensitivity to it around Lamar, particularly when the criticism is on at least not in terms of his leadership or study habits or anything, but in terms of his pocket passing was particularly when the criticism plays into a stereotype, even if there's overlap with the criticism and the truth. But it's further complicated by the fact that Lamar has won an MVP. Lamar is a great player. He's trending in the right direction. He's he's a team carrier, even when the team is, is destroyed by injury. And yet, I have to be honest, if someone said, who do you want, Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow, who's been in the league really one, two years, but I'm taking Joe Burrow. Me too. I'm taking Justin Herbert. Me too. I'm, I think I'm taking Josh Allen, I, although it's close for me between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Me They're too. similar in And that's ways. no knock on Lamar Jackson. It's just, I just seen Josh Allen in a divisional game against Patrick Mahomes go toe-to-toe and did everything that he was supposed to do to put his team in the AFC Championship game, but the defense let him down. Special teams not squib-ticking let him down. It is further complicated, by the way, by the fact that, again, even though I'm saying that about Burrow and Herbert, whoever else, Lamar's done things those guys haven't done. And in this past season, before he got hurt, he spent three separate weeks, to me, as the best player on the earth. Right? So it's not so cut and dried. It's it's a complicated issue. Dave in Tampa. Yeah, Dave in Tampa wants to say something. Let's listen to him, and we'll, we'll respond on the other end. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, guys, I love the show. I listen every day. But, but Harry, you said something yesterday about how it was disgraceful that, that they had to put it in the contract that showed the lack of, uh, I don't know, competitive to want to be better. If it came out 
if Kyler Murray would have said, no, nah, I'm not signing that contract, and the Cardinals would have come out and said, we offered him the biggest contract to anybody, but he didn't want to sign it because he didn't want to watch four hours of game time a week, we would chastise Kyler Murray. He would, he, nobody would ever let that go. I mean, we're chastising him regardless, mm. right? Right or wrong. But, see, when you look at it from Kyler Murray's standpoint and you look at him being a black quarterback and then you look at Lamar Jackson and you look at a guy like Michael Vick, if he would have been studying more, what he could have been. You look at Jamarcus Russell not doing what he wanted to do. It's bigger than just one person, especially when you're talking about a race. The thing that's crazy, though, is Dak Prescott. I mean, like, he does all the work. There are other – I mean, Jay, Russell Wilson. There are examples yes. of other black quarterbacks that do all the work. Mahomes. That, exactly. Coming up, Jay is loaded, has a lot to say about this, and you will hear it coming right up. Jason Reed, by the way, ESPN senior NFL writer and author of Rise of the Black Quarterback, What It Means for America, will join us at 8.30 a.m. to discuss this topic all right, Jay is going to weigh in. And by the way, Jerry Jones says he believes Mike McCarthy is the man to lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl. Any of us buying that? Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas, in for Key ESPN Radio. It's Demon Time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. So what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go visit your parents, hang out with friends and catch a movie. They're all solid options, but what about devoting time to yourself? Maybe taking up a personal hobby you've put off. With everything in your life that you handle, work, picking the kids up from school, running errands, you never really get enough me time. The best way to squeeze that time into your schedule is to first understand your own personal value and then make yourself a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Prioritizing mental health is an important part of my life. 
Let BetterHelp empower you to be the best version of yourself and guide you along the journey of becoming a better you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. The recently signed extension of Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray includes a rare clause that requires him to study film for four hours per week during the season. Obviously, there's language stipulated in this contract that proves that this dude is not in love with the process to be great. This is another sign that this is a bad contract. When somebody is some way and you give them money, it makes them more what they are. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, not only with us, but with us here at Seaport. Yeah. In New York. No palm trees behind wow. you now, brother. I got to wear pants. Look sharp, you too, man. Pants on? Put that sharpie looks, man. I put my pants go, on Harry. for you. You're very well dressed, by the way, much like Harry. I'm wearing kind of like normal clothing, and Harry, then there's Jay Will. That's normal clothes for the East Hamptons. You know I mean, the, That's the, true. the, the jacket, the jacket more than one really has gone out of style or something. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know what happened. No, the jacket's in style. I just feel like a winner today. Hmm. So I wanted to wear my Mets jersey. That's all. Middle of summer. He's got a hoodie hey, on with a jersey over it. Well, first it. off, it's cold in the studio. Well, Let's stop acting like Victoria, everybody here, our camera lady, is wearing is not wearing a hoodie. Jay, we, we're on a serious well, just topic. Just accept you're it's, underdressed, it's Jay. It's so hot just outside. It. It's 10 degrees in this damn studio. <laughs> the is. Mets are so sorry. He's now like the Spike Lee of the Mets. He's like yeah. the most famous guy. What does it say about your Yankees? He's the Jack our, Nicholson of the Mets. sorry team beat you. Did well, you, you can't I, win every game, Jay. Did you pay for that jersey? Yankees are trying. No, come on, man. I got my name. Oh, okay. Man, don't do that. So Max was like, oh, they give you a Trevor Williams jersey. I'm like, this guy, man, drink some more coffee. <laughs> I, was, I, I, my, I was before my coffee my this morning. Yeah. All right, Jay, we were on a serious topic of stereotypes, African-American quarterbacks, yeah. the fact that how does this look to have the clause in Kyler Murray's contract that says he has to study that plays into a stereotype, even if in his case it seems to be the case that he needs to be incentivized to study. Harry was discussing um, the fact that he – gets criticized for being critical of Lamar Jackson. I was talking about how Lamar, because he is authentically who he is, even though he represents the best values of what people aspire to be in the NFL, it also their sensitivity around criticism of him yep. because he's so clearly a member of a group that has been stereotyped and marginalized that even if the criticism is legitimate, there's sensitivity to it. Um, you had a lot to say, and we yeah. got, went to commercial break. Uh, so I understand the history of the NFL. Uh, I understand the stereotypes that were put on black quarterbacks. One million percent. It's one of the reasons, even in basketball, that I studied the game so much is because the basketball IQ for black point guards was like a, a thing. My dad would talk to me about it growing up. Mm. So I, I recognize all that. But the example of Kyler Murray is not the norm of black quarterbacks right now. It's not. 
So I see Dak Prescott. I don't see issues with the playbook. I see Patrick Mahomes. I see Russell Wilson. It's not. I see Lamar Jackson, who may not be a traditional quarterback that throws it from the pocket, but has a very high football IQ. So I, I understand that people are going to attach it to that and then build it into a narrative, but that is not the norm. I think that is more of a singular case for Kyler Murray. Not for black quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to say that. Well, that's the burden of having yes. to of having to not just be yourself, but always having to represent a group of people, and 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 because race is tied to class, because of the original sin of this country, that is what African American athletes are dealing with, right? Like, I mean, and and I, and I would even say, Jay, to pick it back off what you just said, that's why when you're a Kyler Murray. You, you can't give owners, you can't give GM head coaches leeway to want to put things like this in a contract because we do have those examples of it not being the way, um, uh, the Kyler Murray way or the Michael Vig way or the Jamarcus Russell way. We have great examples right now, but we know how this world works also. All it takes is one or one time to not be on point, and now you hear that criticism coming back all over the place again. What what's the reaction? That's the way our world is it is it right? No, but that's the way our world works. Jeff, what's the reaction been around the league to the independent study clause where Kyler Murray yeah. has to play has to do that for four hours on his own time, or the deal can be voided? Well, I think what Jay was saying hits a nail on the head. Whether we're talking about race or quarterbacks in general, from the standpoint that this is not the norm in general with NFL contracts. I was just uh, texting this morning with an NFL GM who this is what he said. He said I would never. Uh, we've never done that, nor would my owners want me to do that. It draws too much attention, and it's not worth the paper it's printed on with an arbitrator anyway. Mm. So the kind of, the, I guess that's what this all comes back to. Is it worth it? it like, what's the point? It, it doesn't really necessarily um, benefit anybody to have that contract language in there. Um, so I, I would say that most people around the league are a little bit stumped by it too. Mm. And I, I, I don't know if that comes back to, uh, Kyler Murray, or if it comes back to the organization. Because- Coincidentally, the next man up is another African-American quarterback who kind of, they're the only two, maybe along with Josh Allen, who could be in this group of quarterbacks where the legs maybe are their number one asset. Maybe you can't say that about it. Josh Allen, he throws a ball 70 miles an hour, but but Lamar is up next, right? So how does does this affect Lamar at all from two points of view? There's the three points of view at least. There's the clause in the contract, which doesn't apply to Lamar, but maybe there could be some other clause. There is the factor of race, and there's also the fact that Lamar is the next quarterback up. Lamar Jackson ain't signing anything with that kind of clause he in it. Better I guarantee not. you that. He better not. I mean, this is the oh, same guy, by the way, who when he was coming out of the combine and everybody's saying, go to wide receiver. And he's like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's the Lamar Jackson way. Don't forget when it comes to contract negotiations with Lamar Jackson – the, the the team owner already came out and said, this is kind of because Lamar doesn't really necessarily want to talk to us about a contract. He is doing it his way. So I think that um, it, while Kyler Murray did it his way, Lamar Jackson absolutely is doing it his way. But there's no shot that you're putting a piece of paper in front of Lamar Jackson. No way you never hear. But, but you never also, hear Lamar Jackson's offensive lineman come on this show exactly. and say he's immature. Exactly, right? Like he, he needs to grow up. You never hear that. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that people talk about around the league. I don't know Kyler's study habits well enough to know whether it's merited or not, but I, it's definitely something that gets discussed around the league. Well, the thing that bothers me the most is that 
they have four hours a week in a contract. <laughs> like, that's a lot of time. That's crazy. That's a lot of time. That's why I'm upset at Kyler and his representation for signing that. Yeah. Four hours a week is nothing, Jeff. But, nothing. But maybe, and that's what's so weird about it, and that's why what this general manager was telling me is interesting because it's, it's like it's not even something that you could, like, enforce. Like, you can complete that in one day. Yeah. Literally, complete that in one day. Probably should. Probably do. Most guys probably do, right? So, I, I mean, the idea that it needs to be in a contract is definitely um, – I don't know. It's kind of inquisitive. Now, and, Jeff, and, even though one GM said that, do you think this could be a precedent for other franchises potentially moving forward about these type could, of stipulations? Guys could try. I, I you know, I, I bring up this this one point of contact with this general manager just from, I thought the most interesting part was the arbitration aspect of it. And I don't know anybody who's really been through any kind of legal battle or any kind of arbitration or anything like that knows that that stuff gets thrown out pretty fast. I mean, good luck proving whether or not a guy studied for four hours and what does that even mean? I saw a great meme the other day, uh, someone talking about the, I can't remember where it even came from, but someone talking about uh, Kyler Murray preparing for the Jets this week, and it was him playing a video game with, with, the, with, with, with the Jets. You know, how are you ever going to prove what he's doing? doing prep. He's doing prep work. Like, how are you ever going to prove that? It's not even something that is, like, I mean, oh, don't if, worry. if I was Kyler Murray and someone put that contract in front of me, Part of me would probably be like, no, I'm not signing that garbage. But then the other part of me would be like, I don't care. Just let me yeah, sign Yeah, by it. the way, he was in the middle of a video game. He couldn't be bothered to read the contract. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. Hey, Kyler, you want $160 I, million? Yeah, hold on. Hold on one second. Hold on. I'll pause this. All right. Now let me go. The worst part about the whole thing is the precedent that it sets. That's yes. it. Yeah. Because obviously, like we said, it's not something that can be enforced. It's, not, it's just not. You, know, you don't want to open Pandora's box, man. It does. When I think about Lamar, though, Mike T has been on this just in terrific show, 2 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. this week on ESPN. It's not a new show anymore. Handsome host. Well, it's still under a year. <laughs> it's over just barely. a year. No, just barely under it. What think. kind of host? Handsome. <laughs> Handsome. So he's not there for his hosting skills, believe me. He's eye candy. Now, but the point is, Mike T was saying, hey, this is an easy negotiation if I was his agent. I go in, I say, I don't need a penny more than $230 million, but I ain't taking a penny less. The more I think about Lamar, though, he needs more than 230 If I'm Lamar Jackson... The number is 250, and I'll tell you why, Jeff. I agree. He has no off-the-field issues like Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. He has no maturity issues. like the, These are just the last guys up, like uh, um, Kyler Murray. Right. He has done everything that he has, has been asked of him. His teammates love him. He's won an MVP. He's gotten better and better. He was having his best season before he got hurt last year, and until that moment, he'd been remarkably durable. Right. I think I need 250. I think I need it all guaranteed. <laughs> And by the here's the thing for me, it's still always a supply and demand situational environment when it comes to these quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, for instance, played the market perfectly, right? Think about what he did with free agency. He got himself there. Deshaun Watson. You're did right it. about that. Desha- oh, wait. So, who said that? That's Deshaun, Deshaun Watson did it in a very unique way by and putting the off the field part aside because he actually was doing this before that even came to light. He forced himself out and forced that market for himself. So I think that everybody can go about it a unique way. Lamar, ja- or, uh, Ky- or Lamar Jackson is essentially saying, I'm just going to get to the end of the season and watch what happens. That's crazy. This dude, talk about confidence. It's unbelievable. Jeff, do you think the, the, the reality of getting 250 guaranteed? Is, yeah. yeah. It's very realistic. I mean, 
especially if a guy is willing to do to, to give more years, for instance, like what Patrick Mahomes did. Yeah, I'm going to play for you forever. Give yeah. me my quarter billion. Yeah. Guarantee the whole thing. In yeah. which they're going to have to go back at some point and redo that deal. Trust me. Because the way the market is skyrocketed. Don't you feel like when a, and a, it's, it's tough to have that much faith in yourself, but at the same time, like if you do the long-term deal and then force yourself to come to the table in four years, like that's still the right play if you're a quarterback. Oh, of course. You'll get the quarter of public perception every yep. time yeah. if you exceed your expectations. So you, at least you have the security of a 10-year deal yep. in case something goes One wrong. One thing though, Jeff, about advising Lamar Jackson, which I'd been doing publicly, oh, you better sign this, you better sign that. It seems to me that had he signed the deal when I thought he should have signed it, he'd be at least $100 million poorer than he will be. Maybe we all ought to stop giving him advice. He seems to get this process better than the rest of us. I think that silence in this industry is a very scary thing for us. Like right. The idea that things could be going on behind the scenes that we don't know about scares the hell out of all well, of us. Particularly you who it. seem to know everything that's going on behind the scenes. This is a unique one. He, his, you know, he's led by a team of people that that is led by his mother in these contract negotiations. That is unique. That is not something that in this very conventional industry of agents, making sure that they drive the public narrative, Lamar wants nothing to do. Jeff Darlington is going to join the Jackson family to get the scoop. He will do anything for the information. <laughs> oh, you don't think I would? He'll be on the Christmas card. <laughs> you don't Are you kidding me? That's right. That's why we love him. <laughs> Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter extraordinaire. Your calls on Kyler's contract, 888-ESPN-729-3776. And we will continue our conversation on Lamar Jackson and a very brave and courageous and very anonymous defensive coordinator <laughs> ripping him. Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas, in for key, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn J. Willemax, HD, in for key. If he has to pass to win the game, they ain't winning the game. And that an anonymous NFL defensive coordinator was quoted in The Athletic. This is on Lamar Jackson. By the way, in the same article, apparently... Patrick Mahomes is not a tier one quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> On a side note, before I read, read the rest of this quote, uh, there was a very famous what? computer fight during Muhammad Ali's exile because he refused induction into, into, into the uh, army during Vietnam War, where, by the way, he wasn't supposed to be drafted anyway. They reclassified him because they wanted to make an example out of him. The government did. Anyway, during his exile, he needed money, and he was undefeated, heavyweight champ, made nine title defenses, and Rocky Marciano was the other undefeated heavyweight champ who retired and never came back. So they set up a computer fight between the draft dodging, you know, black Muslim Muhammad Ali, who white America at the time really hated, and Rocky Marciano, who was Italian American, white heavyweight champion, undefeated, different styles, different. Now, Ali would have no serious person thinks Marciano had a chance against Ali. He was 180 pounds. Ali was 212. Ali was 6'3 with a, an 80-inch reach. He'd have played with Marciano. But, you know, at the time, people had, were invested in it. So they set up a computer fight. And sure enough, Jay, that Marciano put on a wig because he was bald at the time, and Ali and Marciano staged a whole bunch of things. They've got to be friendly. And they staged a whole bunch of stuff. You know, they shot it like a fight, like a, like a movie. And a whole bunch of different endings to the fight, and the computer was supposed to decide who won the fight. And who do you think the computer in the 1960s uh, picked to win the fight? So you went to a closed-circuit theater and you saw Rocky Marciano pretend to knock out Muhammad Ali. And later, Ali found a whole series of computer fights that this guy, the promoter, had done between black champions of the present and white champions of yesteryear. What do you think the white guy's records were against the black champions? Surprise me. 
undefeated. <laughs> well, they all won, right? At any rate, in this same article, Patrick Mahomes is also not a tier one quarterback. Here's the quote from the anonymous DC. He's so unique as an athlete, and he's really a good football player, but I don't care if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a one as a quarterback, meaning a tier one. He'll be a one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. So many games come down to two minutes. I presume if Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl, that will change this person's mind. Unless they are, they have a religious belief that is resistant to any new information. If, if their belief is religious, meaning it's an undisprovable hypothesis, I believe this and nothing you could say can convince me otherwise, then you'll never convince this guy. I'm not into name calling, but it just sounds to me like he's an idiot. Yeah. Go ahead. People got to start putting their name on stuff, yeah. man. It is this, possible this is, that he really believes this, and he has good reasons for believing it, sure, but the right. optics, as they say, are not good. Reese in Philly, you're on with Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Harry Douglas in for How Key are today. You? How up, are Reese? you? What's up, Hey. Hey. Hey, I watched this show. I'm an avid watcher of the show, and I, first and foremost, I want to say you all do excellent work. But I really want to make, want to comment on the current situation with uh, Kyler Murray. You know, it's interesting as an avid football, as an avid uh, watcher of football, that many people, it seems to me, many people have an issue with the proliferation of black quarterbacks in the league because we continue to have these same stereotypes. Case in point, we're talking about Kyler Murray and the clause of his contract. That is a bad precedent. For the, from the standpoint that it perpetuates stereotypes. You know, we all heard the story of Michael Vick. Had he studied more, he'd have been better. And then, of course, Jamarcus Russell will, will forever be the poster child of a bad draft pick. So I really think that's a bad, bad precedent to put such a clause in the contract. Number two point I want to make is that in the field, in the football field where everyone's an athlete, why would you not want your quarterback to be athletic? If people on the opposite end of the ball or on defense are running a four point running a four four forty to tackle me, why can't I run a four four forty to get away? It's ridiculous to just have a quarterback who will only stay in the pocket. If you don't have the protection, you gotta break from the pocket. And number three, which goes to my original point. I don't recall anyone putting the clause in Ben Roethlisberger's contract to say, you know, you will receive this money if you don't sexually assault women. So I'm just going to leave it at that point. I'm just going to leave it there. Waldo in Baltimore. You're wrong with Harry Douglas and Jay and Max. You're on Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Waldo, we can't hear you. Hold on. We're going to put Waldo on pause till we get that figured out. Andrew in Detroit. What you got? I just find it real funny that everybody keeps talking about Lamar Jackson and he couldn't be a great passer, but yet he doesn't have a number one receiver. He won an uh, MVP without a number one receiver. Josh Allen got a lot better once these got there. All the other quarterbacks who you name have top-tier A1 wide receivers, yet he doesn't have one. So how can you expect him to progress more as a passer if he doesn't have that receiver? 
That's a good, good no, point. No, no, no. You have a valid point. And the Baltimore Ravens, I don't think, have done a great job of getting him that number one guy. Hollywood Brown, you could say he was the number one, but not really the number one. Uh, numerous of occasions, he dropped some balls, actually touchdowns that he should have caught. Drafted so, Rashad Bateman, but you yeah, know, we'll Rashad see where Bateman, he we're gonna, pans we're gonna, out. We're going to see where he's going to be able to go. He's had solid tight ends, but uh, I think another big part of that as well is the offense and the system that they're in, right? Um you can say it really doesn't demand that, but I do, I truly do honestly believe they need a true number one wide receiver, even though they're a run heavy first offense. ESPN college football reporter Heather Dinich joins us to discuss the potential of Big Ten expansion. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. The recently signed extension of Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray includes a rare clause that requires him to study film for four hours per week during the season. Obviously, there's language stipulated in this contract that proves that this dude is not in love with the process to be great. This is another sign that this is a bad contract. When somebody is some way and you give them money, it makes them more what they are. I'm on a new level. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, Harry level. Douglas in for Key today, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2, Sirius Get XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance Woo! and have Heather Dinich, ESPN College football reporter with us here at the Seaport in the flesh. You see that, Graziano? That's what you do. When we ask you to dance, that's what you do, Graziano. Right. <laughs> Heather, you, uh, we're, you know, we're just talking about Kyler Murray. And um, I'm sure that you have uh, information from the world of college football that could help illuminate uh, our understanding of Kyler. Do you? Have you talked to people? I do. I talk to people. Um, Lincoln Riley, maybe nobody knows him better because he was his offensive coordinator. He was his quarterback coach. And he told me last night that he's coached two kinds of great players. And you guys will understand this. Mm. One player is the kind that needs to know every little detail to feel confident on the field. And the other is, tell me what I need to know. I'll get it done. And he's more of the latter. And he said, if I were to go play a game at any level today and give Kyler the playbook, I have absolutely zero doubt that he would be ready to play. 
zero. He said he's going to continue to work on his preparation. But, I mean, I also talked to Oklahoma Athletic Director Joe Castiglione, who said absolutely not one bad thing to say about him when he was at OU from a preparation standpoint. Never got any free hall passes or anything like that. So that's where they're coming from from the OU side. Hmm. It, it, it's fascinating because I, I, I do feel, and H.D., I would love to kind of hear your jump from college to the pros, but when I was in college athletically – I was able to do things differently than other people. So I had an understanding of what our basketball playbook was, but not at the same level that I needed to have an understanding as that playbook expanded when I got to the league and the athleticism got raised by two or three levels, right? Because then I said I wasn't able, I was able to do the things I could do in college, but not to the same level. So the detail of the game to me was always a difference when I would hear guys like Kobe talk between being good and being great. So that, that's – I hear what you're saying, Heather, but I am curious when you get to that level, that detail, that slight nuance is a game changer. It gives you an advantage. Well, yes, it, it is a, a lot different. And for me, I was in a pro-style offense in college. So did I have to adjust a lot on, on in those regards? No. But the speed of the game, uh, the technique that DBs were playing, I may could have ran a, a 16-yard in cut in college and rounded it a little bit at the top and been okay because of the talent is so good. But in the National Football League, you better be coming back downhill to catch that football because that safety going to knock you out. On a curl route, I may can sink my hips, plant, come back to the quarterback a tiny bit and catch it and, and turn up field. In the National Football League, you better keep driving to the quarterback because you have a DB breaking at the same time that you're breaking. So the details of the game and, and how you have to be um, against your opponent – it's a lot different in college. You look at these quarterbacks now, right? They're going against DNs in college that probably won what, four eights, four nines. In the National Football League, these DNs are running four five, four sixes now. But- yeah, look, the, the, the perfect is the enemy of the good, as I've been saying for a couple of days now. Kyler is a really good quarterback. There's room for improvement. When you have the greatest athlete who's also the hardest worker and already di- practiced studying the details in college, like you said, Jay, but when you got to the pros that they've already been doing, you get Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. These are the greatest of all time. Kyler may not be that, but he can still be, be really good. Okay, Heather, are you surprised that uh, Kevin Warren said the Big Ten could end up expanding beyond SC and UCLA? Not in the slightest, because he is continuing what we have heard from commissioner to commissioner to commissioner. This is the summer of speculation, guys. <laughs> and it started in the Big 12 when incoming commissioner Brett Yormark said that they're open for business. And then it went to the SEC, where Commissioner Greg Sankey said, well, I'm not going to say we will. I'm not going to say we won't. And then Jim Phillips in the ACC said all options are on the table. So, look, you have the, the Big 10 going to be at 16 teams and the commissioner saying we might not be done yet and it doesn't surprise me because Gavin Newsom the governor of California is extremely upset that UCLA found a way to break away from Cal how did they do that he went the governor this is where it gets political the governor of California went to a board of regents meeting which he doesn't usually do behind closed doors and said UCLA you need to publicly explain how you did this and they did it stealth is how they did it so What does that mean? What are the repercussions? Does Cal join them in the Big Ten? I have no idea. Is Notre Dame the next domino? Nobody in charge seems to know these answers right now either, so we're going to continue to talk about it until they figure it out. Heather will be the first to know, believe me, when uh, (laughs) when they do figure this out. So, Heather, I want to ask you about Notre Dame a little bit, and there were rumblings about the college football playoffs being expanded possibly to 16 teams at some point. Right. If I'm Notre Dame, from their perspective, if I know the college football playoffs are going to expand to 16 teams, why am I joining the Big Ten? 
if I know I can remain independent and collect that money from my school and still make the college football playoffs. And up the ante on your TV contract. Yes. Hmm. Like, why, why would it make sense for Notre Dame to go to the Big Ten? Well, that's something that they have to consider. And I, that's why there are a lot of people around the sport saying, I don't think Notre Dame's going to do anything. Maybe they won't. They, they're in a great spot. And we look at Notre Dame through football tunnel vision, right? But this is a university identity. That is who they are. And they are very proud of that. They love to be loathed. We know how the Irish roll. And they don't have to do anything. That's very important. Everybody wants to know the bottom line. Where am I going to make the most money? So very quickly, why is the college football expansion of 16 teams being – I just feel like people are dragging their feet on that conversation. We have 20 seconds. Well, <laughs> they couldn't come to a decision on 12 teams. Automatic qualifiers in the Big Ten is a huge sticking point. Kevin Warren talked about that yesterday, too. Can he get Greg Sankey that? doesn't like that. He doesn't want that. No, sir. Notre Dame's <laughs> always been an economic powerhouse, and that gives them a lot of leeway to make choices. The great Heather Dinich, ladies and gentlemen, Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas in for Key today. Mets top Yankees. Boo! Say it again! The 6-3 series opener. Hate it. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.